0: Good evening, everyone. Uh, Welcome to our podcast this evening. This is our midweek podcast for Mavilla Presbyterian on Tuesday, the 13th of October. You're all very welcome this evening as we gather together in Jesus' name to make ourselves aware of a God who is with us through the situations that we face a God who looks uh, to direct and guide us through these days and through each situation that we may face. As I begin this evening, let me just bring a couple of announcements. We're going to continue uh, to meet uh, in our churches on Sunday at 11. Uh, If you haven't been before and you are wanting uh, to come along to the service, then please do let Brian know before five o'clock on Friday. Uh, that just keep, makes us aware of who's going to be in the church and helps us to plan for seating also. Let me make you aware also that last week we started uh, our new uh, kids video uh, for, for from BB and GB. Uh, it premieres every Thursday evening at 6pm and also connected to that is a little worksheet in the description Um, So please look out for that um, and please share it with all uh, young people uh, connected to the church. Um, It's something uh, we want to continue, uh, we will be continuing to do over these coming weeks. As we come uh, to worship God this evening, in a moment or two we are going to continue our studies in the book of Nehemiah. But as we begin, I want to bring these words to you from the book of Philippians, chapter 1 and verses 3 to 6. It tells us, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. In our Sunday services, we have been looking at the book of Acts. And just uh, last week, we were looking at how Paul worked uh, in Philippi and seen God working through his ministry. And here he recognised it is a good work. And God will continue through to the day of completion. We may be... um, unaware of what God's doing through us at this time. We may be even frustrated sometimes thinking God is not acting the way uh, that we would expect. But here we recognise that in Jesus' name, we are doing a good work and God will continue to be with us in that in, until that day that he returns. Let us come to our God now in prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are that God who is present in our lives. And Lord, we come before you this evening, longing to know of your power and glory, longing to recognise you as the God who is present in our lives. Lord, we ask this evening that as we look to commit ourselves to you, that, Lord, we may take away all things in our lives that is not of you, Identify those things which will pull us away from you. And Lord, help us see Jesus clearly. To focus on him in all that we may do. To know, Lord, of that good work that you have called us to do. And Lord, to seek you in every way. Lord, we ask by your Spirit this evening that we will know your gracious and loving hand upon us. And we ask all these things now in Jesus' loving name. Amen. We're going to continue now with our first item of praise brought to us by Resigned Worship. The piece is entitled The God Who Laid the Earth's Foundations. He is here.
1: The God who laid foundations. The God who's Lord of every nation. The God who tends his generation is here. The God who left his throne so
0: please turn with me now uh, to our Bible reading this evening. Uh, It's taken from Nehemiah chapter 2 and we're going to read verses 11 down to 20. Let us turn to God's word now as we read these words from Nehemiah chapter 2 verses 11 to 20. I went to Jerusalem and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few men. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one I was riding on. By night I went through the valley gate towards the jackal well and the dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem which had been broken down and its gates which had been destroyed by fire. Then I moved on towards the fountain gate and the king's pool, but there was not enough room for my mount to get through. So I went up the valley by night, examining the wall. Finally, I turned back and re entered through the valley gate. The officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing because as yet I had said nothing to the Jews or the priests or nobles or officials or any others who would be doing the work. Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in? Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. But then between Solomon the Horite, Torib the Amorite official and Gerishim the Arab heard about it. They mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing? They asked. Are you rebelling against the king? I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We his servants will start rebuilding as you, as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim to this historic right. Here ends the reading of God's word to us this evening. Before we take some time looking at this passage, let us come to God now in prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we recognise all too often that we can look out uh, to this world of difficulty and hardship and wonder where to start. Lord, we look to you this evening to look for that power that you look to give us to look for that awareness, Lord, of what is happening in the world around us. And Lord, to start that good work in you, to follow you throughout, to seek you out in every circumstance. We pray this evening, as we look to this passage, that we have that great awareness, Lord, of your hand upon us and all that we may do. We ask this now in Jesus' loving name. Amen. Well, over this last weekend i took a massive job on uh, i started uh, to despair every time we were going into our uh, garage because i could not find uh, something or i could not find a space to set something down uh, i'm sure uh, you're very familiar with a situation that uh, there is a need at times uh, to do a, a good cleanup Uh, For us, the garage is the place where everything gets dumped. So I started uh, to the work of clearing it up and tidying it. And there's always that moment at the start where you open the door and you think to yourself, where am I going to start? Here in Nehemiah, we read in verse 11, finishes the long journey he has had, Uh, from the place of his work in Persia, working to the pagan king, to Jerusalem. A journey that would take many months, but now he sees Jerusalem for the first time in his life. He sees the change and the challenge. It is overwhelming. But through these verses, we see how he confronts the work with God in mind. Let's just assess some of the points that we see in this passage about what he does. In verses 11 to 12, we see the first thing that Nehemiah does is rest. God uses us in many different circumstances. But here we see after the demanding journey and the things that have gone before, the first thing that Nehemiah does, we read here, is that he stayed three days in Jerusalem. Nehemiah rests, because once the work would begin, there would be many demands put upon him. But first and foremost, he sets time aside for God. He composes himself before he starts the work, taking time to reflect on what God is calling him to do. Secondly, we see here he assesses the need. We see he sets out on a a journey at night, really in secret, to assess what uh, the work is needed around the walls of Jerusalem. A night journey would ensure that Jerusalem's people would not ask too many questions as to why a visitor from Persia was inspecting the desolate city. He was really a foreigner here in Jerusalem, even though he identified with the people. This was the first time that he was in this city. And we see, looking back in verse 10, that he already had opposition. So, as he looks to assess this need, he does it in secret. Notice also, he does not do this alone, but he has trusted colleagues to take along with him. We always remember when God is calling us, uh, he does not call us alone. We are not isolated units, but we are dependent members uh, joined together as living stones in a temple, which is being built as a fellow believer, serving one another for the glory of God. And even as Nehemiah starts uh, this work, good work for God, he brings trusted colleagues along with him. This secret uh, journey made Nehemiah aware of the extent of the damage and enabled him fully to grasp the opportunities, demand and dangers of this assignment. He sees that this is going to be a demanding uh, enterprise. It's going to be a, a hazardous assignment. It would also need to be a cooperative venture. He would need to have people, workers alongside him for the work. So we see in verse 17 uh, the uh, way he recruits colleagues. He identifies, first of all, with the workers, showing them that he is actually one of them. Secondly, he presents spiritual perspective to the work. The sight of the collapsed walls for well over a century had created the impression in a pagan mind that God had abandoned his people, that God's people had rebelled against him and that he had abandoned them. But as we see in these words that Nehemiah says, Nehemiah is in no doubt why the walls must be rebuilt. It is not simply to defend the city's security and in turn improve its economy. No, he sees God's name as at stake in the enterprise, not simply Jerusalem's war welfare. Notice just at the end of verse 17, we will no longer be in disgrace. So as Nehemiah goes about recruiting workers for this good work, he also looks to inspire confidence. Notice in verse 18, he brings a personal testimony to the people, identifying how God's gracious hand had been upon him. Going back to chapter 1, we read in verse 9, Because the gracious hand of my God was upon me, the king granted my requests. Nehemiah was convinced that he had not reached Jerusalem merely because he had skillful, he was a skillful persuader, nor because the king was a generous benefactor. He was aware of God's gracious hand upon him, that God had been in control of his circumstances, and God had provided for what he was doing. Nehemiah gives this personal testimony to the people listening to him. And personal testimony can enrich others by widening their horizon and inspiring their confidence. And notice then also that Nehemiah handles opposition in verses 19 and 20. For he was right to go about... Uh, and to hold back about what God had called him to do in secret until the work was started. Because as soon as the work started, we read here of those who are in opposition, growing in numbers from two to three. Uh, We read in verse 10, there was only two uh, identified in opposition. And now in verse uh, 19, there's three. And I'm sure many other followers of them. And notice uh, these people, they looked uh, to scoff at what they were trying to do. They were mocked and ridiculed. And also then they questioned their motives. But as Nehemiah looks to handle the opposition, he does not stoop to answer their lies in verse 20. He first exalts God who has called them to this work. And secondly, he declares that anything good which comes out of these efforts will be entirely due to the generosity of God. He looks to give thanks to God for the opportunity in doing this work. As we think about this passage and what it means to us, we see the situation that Nehemiah faced was very much what the Christian life is about. There's once a, a definition of a Christian as a personal, a person who is completely fearless, continually cheerful, and constantly in trouble. For as we continue in the Christian life, we will grow emotionally and spiritually as we face problems in the power of God. Through times of trouble and testing, God provides to us that we can always rely on him to provide what we need in any situation. Nehemiah was about to undergo such a time of gross and testing as he arrived in Judah and prepared to rebuild the walls and gates of Jerusalem. As I finish uh, this evening, let me read a little story uh, that I once read. This story is about a man called Cameron Townsend. He was the founder of Wycliffe Bible Translators. And he, he, he's told how Wycliffe began, it he once talked about the time when Wycliffe began its ministry in Mexico. It was back in the 1920s and 30s, after Mexico had largely shaken off temporal power. There was a widespread opposition to public preaching and to growth of churches. Townsend went into a tiny Indian village up the mountains and began to work there. He translated the scriptures into the native language. Although he was not allowed to preach, he was allowed to reach out to people and offer help. And because of poor water resources and inadequate farming practices, local farmers frequently experienced crop failures. But Townsend taught them how to dam up a stream and divert water to their fields. In the process, the farmers greatly increased their crop production and improved their local economy. Townsend also showed the people how to establish certain industries in their village that would enable them to uh, bring more revenue into their community. Soon, the word of these successes reached the newly elected president of Mexico this president uh, sincerely wanted to help the indigenous people of Mexico. And one day the president drove out in his limousine to the village south of a Mexican uh, city. And when and saw the presidential limousine, he went up to greet the president and introduce himself. The president said, you're the very man I came to see. He invited Townsend to come to the capital and they became close friends for the duration of their pre- his presidency. This president flung open the door of ministry for Wycliffe translators, and later presidents continued their support. As we think about that story, we see God is constantly at work in our lives in ways we cannot always foresee. Nehemiah, he relied on God to arrange the circumstances of his life so he could carry out God's plan. We need to have the same view of God's work in our lives that Nehemiah demonstrated. For if we are struggling with some uh, circumstance in our life, some crisis or problem that seems uh, to hold us down, we can learn from Nehemiah. We can expect God to act, perhaps in ways we cannot anticipate. And that is what we see here in the story of Nehemiah, as he relies on God to direct his path. And we see he looks to give glory to God in all that comes his way. Let us come to God again in prayer this evening. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the gracious and loving God, the one who looks to direct and guide us in every way. Lord, help us uh, to seek you in every circumstance, to follow you throughout. For Lord, we thank you that you are the God who is present in our lives, the God who is aware of every circumstance that we may face. And you will lovingly, and caringly look to guide us in Jesus' name. Lord, help us to focus on you in all that we may do. And we ask this now in Jesus' loving name. Amen. Now we're going to listen to an item of praise sung to us by Jonathan Ray and his family, entitled, A Mighty Fortress is Our God.
2: consuming fire a burning holy flame with glory and freedom our God is the only righteous judge ruling over us with kindness and wisdom we will keep our is our God. A sacred refuge is your name. Your kingdom is unshakable. With you forever love and his mercy. Our God is exalted on the throne, high above the heavens, forever With you forever we will reign We will keep our eyes on you We will keep our eyes on you So we can set our hearts burning holy flame with glory and freedom.
0: As we come to the end of our podcast this evening, we're going to take some time now in prayer for others as we look to commit one another uh, to God through these days. And as we do that, let me return to the book of Philippians. As Paul continues talking about how he prays for the church, he says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. As we look uh, to recognise God's hand upon us through these days, let us commit one another to prayer, to recognise what God is doing through us, to recognise his good work in us. We want to continue to remember this evening those who have been bereaved over these last weeks. We want to continue to remember those facing difficulties in their lives. And we want to continue to remember our country and those who are in authority at this time, asking that God may bring wisdom to them in all that they seek to do. Let us come together now in prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks, Lord, that we can bring every matter before you in prayer. Lord, we lift up to you the circumstances that we face daily, asking, Lord, for your peace and comfort throughout, asking for your directing in all that we may do, knowing, Lord, that you are the God who speaks so powerfully in our lives. And, Lord, we want to lift up to you those who are hurting at this time. Lord, we continue to pray those, Lord, who have lost loved ones over this last last time, asking, Lord, that they may know of your gracious and loving hand among them. Lord, even when they feel, Lord, uh, in these days, the pain, that they may know, Lord, of you, Lord, looking to surround them with your love in all that they do. Lord, we lift up to you those who are, are dealing with very difficult circumstances through these days. Lord, we pray for those dealing with ill health. We pray for those looking to care for loved ones through these days. We pray for those who are facing such difficult decisions, Lord, asking that you may give them wisdom and real peace about the situations that they face. Lord, we pray for those uh, who are feeling confused and frustrated. We ask, Lord, that they may know that they have great security in you, that in Jesus' name, Lord, they shall not fear, For you are the one who has overcome this world. Heavenly Father, we also look to lift up to you, uh, those in our government at this time. We pray for those making such big decisions over these next weeks. Asking, Lord, of your wisdom and your comfort to them, Lord, in all that they may do. Lord, help them be aware, Lord, of the the things that will happen in many people's lives in every decision that they make. And Lord, we pray uh, that they continue to know of your hand upon them and all that they may do. Lord, we pray for those uh, who are working um, through these days. We pray, Lord, that they may continue to know of your hand of mercy your hand of, of, of grace upon them. Lord, be with our young people through these days also. We pray for your protecting hand upon them. We pray, Lord, that they may know of what it means to be secure in you. We ask, Lord, that they may continue uh, to seek you in every way. Lord, we pray for one another this evening asking, Lord, to know of your gracious and loving hand upon each one of us. Lord, we ask all these things now in the great and the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. As we finish this evening, let us finish together with the words of the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. May God bless each one of you this week. Thanks for listening.